0: everybody, welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider Podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Caston and with me as always is the ever festive
1: Jonathan Strickland. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore.
0: What what can't you hold back, Jonathan?
1: Well I'm frozen.
0: Oh, your video is frozen, or are you speaking about the fact that it's very, very cold out in Georgia, which is a little uh, uncharacteristic? Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so uh, it's pretty chilly here in Georgia, so maybe there is a slight chance we'll actually get some winter weather, even though I likely won't be here.
1: Yeah, it looks, it looks like we're not going to get any precipitation, but it will be uh, below freezing for Christmas Eve Eve, Christmas Eve, and Christmas Day. So if we were to get some precipitation, we could actually stand a chance of getting a winter wonderland white Christmas kind of thing, which is unheard of in Georgia. Often our um, our temperatures are closer to the 40s and sometimes even the 50s. We We usually get a cold snap early in the year as opposed to early in winter, right? Like December typically... It gets chilly, but it doesn't get freezing until you start getting into like mid to late January into February. That's when you really start to see winter weather rear its ugly head in Georgia. And of course, we don't get anything like the winter weather you see in other places. We realize that we're not we when we say it's cold, it's cold to us. We understand Wherever you happen to be, it's colder, and we have no appreciation, and you would be out in shorts and flip-flops, out in the weather that we have in Georgia. Good for you. We're so proud.
0: You know what? I I don't mind it. I used to be that person. Also, uh, every once in a blue moon, we'll get a little bit of snow on Christmas. I think there have been one or two in my years here in Georgia.
1: I know we've gotten snow on Easter, so... That's, yeah,
0: I, re- I remember that. I, well, and I, we gotten, got snow uh, opening weekend of fair one year.
1: <laughs> I was just about to say, I remember that opening weekend because I was not working fair that year. And I sat there and saw the snow coming down. And I thought, man, it sure does feel good to be inside right now.
0: I got sent home with uh, like the very beginning stages of frostbite and hypothermia. So,
1: well, I'm not surprised you were playing a kissing winch, and, uh, was, you know, yeah. just sorry. But
0: told this story before folks.
1: yeah but i mean I, it's a funny story in a way funny now i i i definitely have uh rehearsed down at the renaissance festival when it snowed i remember sword fighting mm-hmm. on king's hall stage in the snow which was kind of like super cool in that way where you're getting to live out a fantasy but also incredibly uncomfortable because rehearsals would stretch for like six or seven hours
0: also, King's Hall stage is wooden, so I'd imagine it'd be a little bit slippy.
1: It wasn't too bad because we were there as it was starting to fall, so it hadn't really accumulated yet. But uh, uh, it does also start to really affect your ability to hold a sword effectively if you're not wearing yeah. you know, warm gloves.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. Well, uh, the cold weather is not going to stop us from talking about some news. Some of this might be a little bit older. We're recording this a couple of days after we initially... Ed- intended to, but you still get to hear our opinion on it. Lucky you.
1: So we're going to start off this episode the way we do the last several in that we're going to do a 30 seconds or less segment where we talk about some stories where, you know, maybe we just have some minor details or just a a kind of a a light dusting of news and it's not nearly enough for a full discussion. So we're going to we got a bunch of them this time. So there are no no mashups in this episode. going to say that up front because we had so much news to cover. It just seemed yeah. like it would be ridiculous to add a mashup on top of it. But um, I am going to begin our 30 seconds or less. I have my timer up. You, uh, uh, Ariel, are you good for us to to jump into yeah. this segment? OK, good. I- Here we go. All right. First story is Avatar The Way of Water premiered this past weekend. It is on track to have between $130 to $150 million in domestic box office and somewhere around $180 million global box office uh, on top of that. Uh, This, however, is much, much, much lower than what it was tracking as before going into the weekend. So the question is, will it have the legs to match Avatar 1 done?
0: Uh, okay, you know what? We're going to leave it there. I could I could pause it on it, but it's 30 seconds or less. Are we ready for the next
1: one? <laughs> yeah, go for it. And go.
0: Okay, so uh, the Tonys, you know, the, the big Broadway uh, award show, usually uh, tapes on, like, Broadway itself or or nearby. And this year they've chosen a new location, a location I don't believe they've done before, which is the United Palace in Washington Heights. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Apparently, it's a really cool venue. I look forward to watching the awards there, though uh, you would think they would have done it closer to when In the Heights came out.
1: (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, same. I am not going to comment on it. I will move (laughs) on to our next story, and we'll just see how long it takes me to break down and comment on stories. I bet it'll only take another story. Okay, here we go. I am going (laughs) to... Go, So we're getting a, a, a film adaptation of Hideo Kojima's uh, Death Stranding video game. A video game that's very difficult to describe to people. It's set in a cataclysmic, post-apocalyptic future. Uh, there are these creatures that feast upon the dead. Uh, there are uh, rains that will make you age and decay quickly. And yeah, um, don't know if we need it. Don't know if it'll be good but it's coming the end
0: that is the entirety that in a question from um actually is the entirety of my knowledge on death stranding
1: Um. yeah I could I mean the only other thing I would say is that in the game you play you play as Norman Reedus (laughs) you play you play as a character who is a uh, a courier and you're bringing supplies to distant uh uh settlements and the couriers are, are the only ones really brave enough to go out there because it's so dangerous outside of the small pockets of civilization. And that's really all I can tell you, because I haven't played the game, but uh, I know it's weird, but then it's Hideo Kojima. So, of course, it is. Ariel, are you ready right. for your next one? I am. Go.
0: Okay, this story is also about Norman Reedus. He is joining the cast of Ballerina. If you don't remember that, what that is, we talked about it briefly last week, which is a spinoff from John Wick. Uh, it's featuring Ana de Armas and then a, a bunch of other people, you know, all-star cast, just like John Wick. Lots of action, just like John Wick. But they promise you it's not going to be just like John Wick, that it's going to have like some different kind of action and story and viewpoint, and we don't know who Norman Reedus is playing the end.
1: Wow. Perfect. You, you nailed it. Yeah. Angelica Houston. One other person who's in that. Okay. Uh, this one's going to be short. Uh, and here I go. So we mentioned that there's going to be another uh, Princess Diaries movie, Princess Diaries 3. And now we know that Julie Andrews says she is, quote, probably not, end quote, coming back for that film. Uh, She was obviously a big part of the first two, but not going to be in it, which means that we know this movie will not be practically perfect in every way. I'm done. We got like six seconds. So uh, could, how are you Pitt
0: doing? Anne is going to be in it, though, and that's going to be delightful. So.
1: OK, well, then we're moving out to the next story. Told you we got a lot. We're only we're not. I think this was going to make us get halfway through once Ariel does this one. So we got a lot of stories. Woo. And Go.
0: Okay, so uh, Rian Johnson came out and said that he is super happy to make so many more Knives Out movies, but he is not going to give us any prequels. He really uh, wants to keep that mystery of Benoit LeBlanc, I think is the name of the, of the detective. Um, and he feels that, you know, doing a prequel would probably uh, defeat that mystery. But he says that it's really hard not to fall into that trap. I look forward to watching whatever he makes.
1: Perfect. Yeah, I think it's just Benoit Blanc. But yeah, I agree yeah. with him. I think I think keeping the mystery is far more interesting. If the Star Wars prequels taught us nothing, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's that <laughs> you don't need to try and explain everything. OK, too many. prequels. Uh, here, exactly. Uh, I'm on the same page, Ariel. All right, here is my next one. And I am gonna go. Netflix has, in development, a live-action adaptation of My Hero Academia. Uh, For those who don't know, that's an anime series. It's set in a world of superheroes where people develop powers called quirks. Uh, Quirks are all kind of unique. You're not likely to have one that's similar to someone else. It follows a protagonist who doesn't have a quirk, but then meets a hero who gives him his quirk, and then shenanigans. The end. yeah yeah have you ever watched (laughs) my hero academia
0: i haven't um it's it's in that pile of anime that i i know i ought to watch
1: yeah i uh i'm just not an anime kind of person my wife likes some anime but i have not really apart from Cromarty high which is a ridiculous anime series i just haven't really watched any okay and ariel get ready get set and go. So
0: if you are one of those people who watched the first Dune movie, you know, uh, space, uh, desert, politics, this kind of stuff. And we're going, man, that, that ended on an unsatisfying note because it just ended like in the middle of a sentence pretty much. Well, you're in luck because Dune 2 has just finished filming. So, yes, we're still getting it. November 2023, Timothy Chalamet posted a like a picture from set. Um, so that's fun.
1: All right. Yeah, uh, you know, sand. Who doesn't love it besides Anakin Skywalker? Okay! (laughs) And here I go. We got a teaser for Scream 6. It's the one that isn't going to have Ms. Campbell in it. She said that she wasn't getting uh, offered enough money and good for her for knowing her own value. So she did not come back for this one. First film not to have her in it. It is set in Manhattan. The teaser is set aboard a subway. So I'm calling it Ghostface Takes Manhattan. And we all know that slasher movies set in Manhattan are always the best ones in these series. See also Friday the 13th and done.
0: Okay, I'm going to say Jenna Ortega's in it, and I'm really say it takes place at Halloween. I'm really sad she's not dressed up as Wednesday Adams, although I completely understand it. Also, um, it's extra scary because our transit system, MARTA, just uh, unveiled some new MARTA trains, and the teaser takes place on a subway train. So it's a little scary.
1: Honestly, it looked like it was a MARTA train, too. Like, I don't know if they shot that in Atlanta, since so much stuff does shoot in Atlanta, but it looked more like a MARTA train than a New York subway train to me.
0: A, a little bit, which the new MARTA trains look really cool. Um, you're going to be able to walk between cars, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, they, that's new. That You never used to be able to do that, uh, at least not you weren't supposed to. Okay, Ariel, yeah. are you ready?
0: Uh, Yes, I am.
1: And... Go.
0: Okay, so we are getting a sequel to *Night of the Living Dead*. Amazon MGM got, no ga- uh, got the rights. Uh, it's being directed by Nikiatu Jusu. I probably slaughtered her name, but she did a previous um, horror movie called *The Nanny* that won awards at Sundance. Um, it looks really good. It looks like the Romero, uh, the Romero family, is really on board for it. Uh, it should be pretty good.
1: Cool. Uh, Yeah, uh, Night of the Living Dead, fun fact, it's a film that's in the public domain because they failed to register the copyright properly when that movie came out. So you can actually legally make as many copies of Night of the Living Dead, the original film, and do whatever you like with them, and it's fine because it's in the public domain. Uh, All right, here's my next one. And... Go. Okay, so Mythic Quest, which is a comedy series, kind of like The Office, it's about a video game development company that makes this massively multiplayer online role-playing game called Mythic Quest. Uh, they're getting a spin-off series called Mere Mortals. It's going to be kind of like in the same sort of vein as the concept of DLC for video games. Cool idea. Uh, this is a series I've not seen because I don't have Apple TV. That's what the the show is on, and that's what the this spin-off will be on. But I've heard great things and done. Mm-hmm. It's also
0: a show that I haven't seen. And as soon as I can get around to getting Apple Plus, I'm going to watch it. It's it's like one of the top shows on my list from there, because I also like Rob McGillany. Yeah, and
1: yeah, so. yeah, that one. That one's up there. Uh, Ted Lasso's up there. Mm-hmm. Schmigadoon. Um, Schmigadoon, which is coming back for another se- series. Yes. I, I saw that because uh, Cecily Strong is leaving Saturday Night Live. You're getting some bonus news right now, folks, for no charge. We're not charging you. <laughs> For, the, we don't, for any of we this, really, but
0: we don't charge them ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, but specifically, we're really not charging you for this. <laughs> um, yeah, but Cecily Strong is, is, you know, she's not coming back for se- She's leaving Saturday Night Live um, mm-hmm. and uh, in fact has left, I believe, because I think they did yeah. their last one of the, the season. So more the before the end of the year. But uh, yeah, she's going to be in Schmigadoon season two and then Severance. That's the other one that I really want to see. Um, I haven't seen oh. any of these and it's because I don't have Apple TV. So one of these days, or Apple Plus, it's one of these days I'll get that. And Mm -hmm. uh, Mythic Quest is definitely one that I want to see. I I like a lot of the people involved in that show, so I suspect it will appeal to me. Okay, we've got one last 30 seconds or less story. Ariel, go.
0: Well, to make up for the time that we took on Mythic Quest, uh, Real Steel, it was a movie about... Boxing robots, kind of like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, or Iron Giant meets Rocky, and they're getting a TV series on Disney Plus, and it's going well. That's all we know. It's going well, but I'm excited. I liked Real Steel.
1: Okay, yeah, I um, I never saw Real Steel. I did see, was it Robo Jocks? I think it was like a really kind of cheesy robot fighting movie from like the '80s. Um, so that's the closest I've ever been to seeing that series. But yes, that was our 30 seconds or less sequence. We do have a couple of other little news stories that I I didn't have time to throw into 30 seconds or less that I'll mention. One is that uh, there's been some footage, uh, some some shots from Loki season two that have come out. So they shows like uh, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson together. We're looking forward to that. Um, I don't know about Ariel, but I really enjoyed the first season of Loki. Ariel's nodding, which is great audio podcasting. It's
0: been a week. Uh, it, I thought the beginning was a little slow, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. I knew some people in it, too. So,
1: yeah, I, well, I, I knew one person who was like or a couple people who were in the background because one of those shots when they're in, when they're in the Renaissance was shot at the Georgia Renaissance Festival, like where the, they're at a Renaissance fair that was supposed to be in like Michigan or something, but it was the Georgia Festival. And there were a few people Oregon. in the background.
0: Yeah, but but don't get me started on again, because I'm like, why didn't I get an audition to be the, the Renaissance Festival speaking person? No, I know some people who weren't in the Renaissance Festival scene. So, um, yeah, I know one of the TV remember, agents.
1: Yeah, I remember watching it and thinking that's not the right sign for that shop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, my my frustrations with that scene are only outweighed by the sadness I have that I didn't get to be in that scene. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, same. I mean, I would have loved to have done it, too. I didn't I didn't know anything about it till after it had already been shot. So Uh, the other thing I was mention is that uh, Invincible, the animated series that's based off the comic book of the same name, is coming back for season two to prime video next year. If you are unfamiliar, Invincible follows uh, a character, uh, the son of the world's greatest superhero who finally late in his adolescence, develops his own superpowers, discovers that his dad isn't everything he thought he was. (laughs) And it is, I think it's safe to say, hyper violent. If you watch the first episode, you might get lured in. That's like this cute sort of coming of age kind of story until you get to the last scene of the first episode, which is one of the most horrific displays of violence I've ever seen in an animated form.
0: I mean, it was very violent. The show, the show is a violent warning. If that's not your sort of thing, don't watch it. Just.
1: Yeah. So uh, uh, that's all the quick stuff. Now we're ready to really dive into the meat of it. And by the way, we have, if you're thinking, wow, they did a lot for 30 seconds or less, they may not have very much for their full discussions. Ho, ho, oh, contraire, mon frere. We have plenty.
0: So, although so, some of this might be like 30 seconds or less too. So
1: yeah, which is fine. So yeah. first up, we've got some more news to talk about with the EU, the the fallout of rebooting that some more news about uh, what James Gunn has planned and people who may or may not be involved. So one thing we learned definitively is that James Gunn is developing a new Superman movie, because uh, he said that Superman is clearly an important character for the DC universe. However, Henry Cavill, friend of the show, will not <laughs> be re- returning as Superman. So we got that great, sweet video where Henry Cavill was talking about how excited he was to return as a hopeful, positive Superman. That's not happening. Uh, apparently yeah. they did talk about him potentially playing some other unnamed role but Mm -hmm. not superman
0: so at least not now because because the new movie is going to be superman earlier years so i'm I'm guessing more like smallville level superman um and you know henry cavill's just too old for that he wrote a really nice like Instagram posts where he was very honest. Like he was very honest and genuine. Like I'm sad that this isn't happening, but that's, you know, that's showbiz, babe. Uh, and just being like, it's okay to be sad about it, but then we move on. Cause there are other opportunities. It was a really good message. There were people who popped on Twitter and like, well, James Gunn is firing Henry Cavill cause he doesn't like him. And someone's like, James Gunn, do you want to respond to that? And James Gunn is like, dudes, that's false. We had a really good conversation.
1: Yeah. And we heard similar things about like Patty Jenkins, right? That that he must have had some problem with her. And uh, and Patty Jenkins came forward and said, no, 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 everything's fine. And and James Gunn said, yeah, like every every interaction we've ever had with her has been uh, very pleasant and professional and that there was no like hard feelings there. Uh, We've also heard or at least I've heard rumors that Henry Cavill's cameo in the Flash film has been cut, which may have been there to try and set up a future Superman movie. So maybe that's yeah. why it got cut. But also I read just before we started recording that Gal Gadot's uh, cameo as Wonder Woman has similarly been cut from the flash. So,
0: so on the one hand, I'm sad about that. On the other hand, I completely understand it because there's, it's frustrating when you're a fan of something and you watch it and they set up something else that never comes to fruition. Right. Um Yeah. And so sometimes it's better just not to include it. You know, those those actors still got paid for their time on set and their time, you know, recording or uh, taping or acting or rather, you know, they, they may not get residuals for it, but they, I don't I don't actually know that last bit, but they, they did get paid for it. Um, also, I'm going to say the Snyderverse tries to fit so much into every DC movie that if they're streamlining it, I'm also not too upset.
1: Yeah, I also don't know if the Superman cameo in The Flash would have really reflected that optimistic, positive side as much, mm-hmm. because that seemed to me like that was going to be something that was a fairly recent decision, right? It felt like that was fairly recent, at least before James Gunn came on, mm-hmm. that uh, that maybe like maybe the cameo in The Flash was going to be a hint of that, but he certainly didn't come across as being super optimistic and positive during the Snyder saga of DC movies. So uh, it's kind of sad that we're not going to get a chance to see his final appearance as Superman. That his final Mm -hmm. appearance is apparently going to be that cameo in black Adam. Uh, But maybe there'll be extras in the DVD for the flash. When that comes out, that you'll be able to see the cut scenes of of superman and wonder woman appearing in the movie
0: yeah well if and if you want to watch that cameo black adams now on hbo max um you know here's the thing and i'm not gonna say this is gonna happen it's not likely but it could um you know if they're focusing on a younger superman mm-hmm. if if they're trying to do like the 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 pre-origin to superman again um When that Superman grows up, it could be Henry Cavill.
1: The rumors that have been circulating are that whatever character they were talking about with Henry Cavill appeared to be a different one from Superman. But who knows? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many rumors that have been flying around. Like we've heard that supposedly um, Jason Momoa is considered to play Lobo, that he would no longer be Aquaman. He would be Lobo. These are things that we've heard, but as far as I've seen, I haven't seen any like confirmation from James Gunn about those rumors, which would Mm -hmm. make sense. Like, why would you give away that stuff so early? It really makes you wonder where the source of all these leaks came from. But
0: yeah, also, like, here's the thing. I was was chatting with my husband about it because I want a, a more optimistic DC. DC does have some really dark stuff, but it's also got some really incredibly uplifting stuff in it. And, uh, you know, with the new Joker and the new Batman coming out, and we'll talk a little bit about the the new Joker and later in this episode, like that's all super dark. And I don't necessarily want those characters to be my Batman and my Joker. But Lobo, he is a fun character. He should not be a first ring, like a first run character. They need to do a lot of setup before they introduce Lobo, in my opinion.
1: Maybe, yeah. I mean, like at least to to set the, the tone of, the dc cinematic universe moving forward right like you want to be able to establish what that tone is before you start introducing characters like lobo on the other hand like we all know these characters there've been no shortage of movies with these characters in them so it it it's it's like where do you pick up what what point do you pick up at and how much establishing do you do before you start jumping into it on the one hand you don't want to make the same mistake as the snyder era where you tried to to do the marvel thing without doing the the legwork that marvel Mm -hmm. did to establish the cinematic universe before throwing everybody together they just started throwing everyone together in justice league and you know batman versus superman and that had limited effectiveness on the other hand you don't want to tell the same origin stories that we've seen countless times with some of these characters like Superman and Batman. Hey, did mm-hmm. you know that Batman's parents were gunned down in crime alley after they attended a either film or the opera? <laughs> I
0: did. You know, I didn't, I-, I could just imagine though, like a-, a strand of pearls breaking and falling on the street.
1: Now, uh- man, that's, <laughs> that's a great image. We should, we should definitely, commit that to film because i don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah.
0: You know, I've never seen that and I've never seen whatever happened to Spider-Man's uncle, uh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> which, Hey, props to the MCU for just skipping that. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, I, 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 again, it's always bad idea to second guess James Gunn. He is, he's got a very good instinct for these things. Uh, but yeah, we will just have to wait and see how this unfolds. It's also possible that all this rumor mongering and speculation will in turn change the course of where they yeah. go. They may decide like, oh, you know what? Maybe we're going to do something else. So we'll see. Um, and of course, the Warner Brothers Discovery budget will end up playing a big part of that too. Like we didn't put it really in our notes, but holy cow, there have been even more cuts and more. Um, I mean, extreme it in there moves. a
0: little
1: bit, a little bit, yeah. Uh, one thing that we did hear, a uh, friend of the show Henry Cowell, is that he he is uh, he is attached to executive produce and star in an adaptation of Warhammer Forty Thousand, or as I always called it, Warhammer Forty K. But keep in mind, I never played Warhammer, so I it's don't know if that's a hobby. I don't know if if it's is it do you know in the hobby if it's gauche to call it warhammer 40k or does everyone just call it warhammer 40000
0: i i've heard warhammer 40k but that might have been from you i don't know i've never played warhammer um like i like it and we have friends uh, the former king of the george renaissance festival loves warhammer um yeah. but but it's a very expensive hobby and I've always put my money elsewhere. So it's, it's like D D, but you do a bazillion miniatures and you do like uh war mapping out and plotting and things like that. If you're not familiar. Yeah.
1: yeah it's more war gaming than it is role playing. Mm-hmm. Right. there's there's lore. There's a lot of lore involved in Warhammer, but it's not so much. You take on the role of a character like you would with D D it's, it's actually more like the game's, the D was spawned out of. It's it's these strategy based mm-hmm. war games uh, where you have miniatures to represent your various mm-hmm. troops and people spend countless hours and and develop incredible skill painting these miniatures. Henry Cavill himself mm-hmm. is known to have a gargantuan collection of Warhammer figurines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So while there's no like writer, there's no really big uh there's no like definitive pieces in place for this film and possible film and series is what they're saying. You know, they've got the rights and Henry Cavill is very passionate about it. So, you know, he's not going back to the Witcher. He's not playing Superman, but he does have this new project. If you're a big Henry Cavill fan to, to just really pour all of his passion and like outside of acting passion into as well, which is really cool.
1: I actually don't know if they have the rights yet. I know they were really close. Maybe they've got them by now. But they were oh, I thought really I read that they to... had, but I could have Oh well they they probably I mean when I wrote this this headline, it was last week and it may be at this point they've secured it. But it, it sounded to me like it was almost a sure thing anyway. So if if the ink has not yet dried on that agreement, it's gonna be any day now, it sounds like so.
0: So so the Hollywood reporter says, which you know, put into that however much uh weight you put into the Hollywood Reporter that Amazon has secured the rights for the tabletop game, and that that uh, the Vertigo Entertainment and Cavill and Natalie Viscuso have teamed up to, or they teamed up to secure the rights and deliver them to Amazon.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, that's yeah. great. Uh, that that's good news, especially for Warhammer fans. Uh, at least I hope that the Warhammer film and series. Fares better than the warcraft one did okay yes uh let's see next up we're talking about that joker sequel that ariel mentioned it's it's uh it's called folly adieu that's uh, yes. the, the the subtitle <laughs> this is going to be the one where they introduce uh harley quinn played by lady gaga lady gaga
0: yeah. And it's going to be a musical because that's that's what I felt like the last Joker. I actually haven't watched the last Joker movie. My husband did. He said it was very good, but that it would not be for me. I could watch it. I'm sure I just haven't felt like being depressed. But yes, a musical. That's exactly what that franchise needs.
1: Yeah, I have some issues with the first Joker film in that. Well, I mean, the character of the Joker already perpetuates the the stereotype that mental illness and violence go hand in hand, which is a, a, a tough stereotype. Like there are lots of people who struggle with mental illness who are not violent. They're not a danger to themselves or others, but we've got this, this kind of idea in culture and society that equate those two things. And that's, bad it's not a great thing to perpetuate Mm -hmm. but that's that's an issue with pretty much all the comic book especially all of batman's comic book villains right they're almost all uh uh some form of of mentally unwell and they are violent and deranged as a result of that that's why they get put away in arkham asylum um i mean although some some of them get into blackgate i guess
0: I will say, I feel like regardless of their mental state, if they're a danger to society, they just get put into Arkham. Like, I feel like if you're a super villain, they they, that, they just seems, label you that and they stick you there.
1: Seems like a bet. Well, it's just another example of how corrupt Gotham is. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, it, that's one of the issues I have. Another one is that it, it felt to me like Joker was almost kind of a um, a a a guidebook for angry dudes who feel like they've been, uh, that they're owed something and have been mistreated by the world. It's just, it's done to ludicrous extremes in Joker. Uh, It's very well acted. It's very well shot. It is, it is technically a very well done film. Uh, Some of the messaging, some of the subtext is what I, I have some objections to. Uh, But then that's also going to be the case whenever you're doing a film that is all about a villain, someone who's Mm -hmm. usually an antagonist. And you're not, you know, it's the protagonist of your film, but he is a villain in the larger scope. Uh, I guess you're always going to run into that. So, uh, you know, I I don't know if I'm going to see the sequel. I also think it's odd to make it a musical, but. Uh, I'm intrigued. I just don't know if I'm going to put myself through that again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're always going to run into that with villains. There are villains who have other motivations where they just viewed the world a a different, and I would usually say wrong way, but it is rare. Um, I feel like mental illness is maybe while understandable and relatable, often a, a, an easy way out for writing why your villain is who they are. And it's a, not always as um, engaging as it could be Mm -hmm. on to happy news. We got a bunch of Spider-Man news uh, mainly about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. We know who the villain's going to be for one, and we got a new trailer for two.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm really excited about this. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse was one of those movies that I'd heard about. And everything I heard was good and I did not see it in the theater. And for that, I am very upset with myself because Mm -hmm. it was just such a fun movie. One that, that was really joyous and dramatic and sad at points. It was just, it was one of the best Spider-Man movies I have ever seen. And I'm glad I finally did watch it. I just wish I had seen it in the theater Now we know that the villain in the next Spider-Man Spider-Verse film is the spot with uh, Jason Schwartzman providing the voice and the spot is known for being able to open portals uh, across dimensions. Now in the comics, the spot is not not really seen as being a particularly powerful villain. He's kind of kind of a joke but especially in an era where everything Marvel has to do with like the multiverse and Spider-Verse in particular really jumped into that before MCU did. It makes sense.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I think it's really cool because the whole, the whole uh, plot for this part two, I guess, because this is going to be a, it's a two-parter for this first part of the two-parter is that all of these Spider-Man's, meet in the multiverse and can't figure out how to solve this problem and they all have different ideas on how to solve problems and so like just the you know he could be the villain just by putting all these spider-mans together who disagree um and spider and and not just spider-mans there are spider-women's and uh (laughs) spider Spider others if if you uh if you felt sad that your favorite spider variant was not in uh the first spider-man of these, of this series. Don't worry. There's even one with a paper bag on its head, uh, in this upcoming movie. So. Yeah.
1: That's the one. That's the one who he didn't have his, uh, his Spider-Man mask. And he temporarily joined the fantastic four and had to put a bag on his head to keep his identity mm-hmm. secret. Yeah. Everyone knows about bag Spider-Man.
0: Uh, Spider-Man. We also get Spider-Woman and Spider-Punk and Spider yeah. 2099. And Yep. Mm-hmm. Lots of them.
1: and and it's also interesting because originally, like Ariel was saying, they were going to call this Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse part one and they were going to get part two. But actually, part two, their title has changed to Spider-Man mm-hmm. beyond the Spider-Verse. So you have into the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse and beyond the Spider-Verse for the three films in this trilogy. Uh, I think. Well, I'm really looking forward to the other two films. Cause like the first mm-hmm. one was such a delightful surprise and I loved the animation style too. I thought it was so creative and so uh, engaging that mm-hmm. it was a real breath of fresh air. It was like one of the first non Disney animated films in a very long time, like non like mainstream Disney animated films mm-hmm. in a very long time that caught my attention and really uh, delighted me.
0: Yeah, I agree. These movies kind of have uh, been under the radar as far as marketing goes um, and still pretty popular and really cool. I like that they're mirroring the uh, Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home uh, naming convention as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 fun kind of synchronicity between the different Spider-Man projects. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on a related note. We Mm -hmm. also learned about Donald Glover getting involved with a Spider-Man project. Now you may remember Donald Glover appeared briefly in um, the first of Tom Holland's Spider-Man movies. In -hmm. fact, in the deleted scene, it was indicated that he might've been uh, Miles Morales, uncle, which would have potentially meant that he was the prowler though. This has nothing to do with that. So he's not going to be the prowler.
0: No, He's going to be the hypno hustler. Wait, yes, no, or yep, is he going to be Spider Man right. with the hypno hustler?
1: No, he's going to be the okay. hypno hustler. I think.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. So hypno hustler is another joke uh, villain, um, who you know, this is, this is like plays hustle music.
1: <laughs> yeah, disco. disco. Yeah, this was this is a character that emerged in the seventies during the disco era, and. He, Y'all, if you weren't into comic books in the 1970s or if you've never gone back to look at what comic books were like in the 1970s, they were zany. Uh you had a lot of really wacky comics. You also had some some of the darkest ones. Like there were certain eras of the 70s where that's where you started to have Batman turn really dark again. Like Batman's gone through crazy shifts in tone throughout its history. But in this case, Hypno Hustler uh, is part of a band. They play disco music, and he can hypnotize people with the power of his music. So, yeah, that'll be fun. I, that needs I, to be. I musical. can't wait to see this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it needs to be a full-out cheesy '70s style musical. Um,
1: yeah, I, I don't. Mm, I really wonder because, like Donald Glover is also incredibly talented at bringing mm-hmm. stories to the screen that. Combine surreal, absurd humor and real, genuine, earnest human emotion.
0: That is true. That is true. Um, well, we'll have to see. It's definitely gonna. I'm gonna watch it, even if it gets like more morbid. Time panned. I'm still gonna watch it. Hopefully, it won't because Donald Glover's awesome. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive into a little bit of Disney, which is um, the first is that we are getting a Witch Mountain series, and Bryce bryce dallas howard will be starring in it
1: yeah have you ever seen any of the witch mountain movies
0: i think i i watched like the f- like the first two um way back in the day but it wasn't one of the ones that really stuck with me like it was one of one, one of the ones that i half watched and half ignored as a child
1: so yeah these are the 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 movies are odd. Like they're, they're very strange. It's a, it's a science fiction series. Ultimately, when you hear Witch mountain you might first think it's like some sort of horror or maybe fantasy based series. It's more science fiction. It's like alien stuff. little, little kid aliens who um, are trying to find their way back to this mysterious place. That's calling out to them. And yeah, it's, um, I haven't watched them since I was a kid. I remember as a kid, I really liked them. Like I was really into it, Uh, but I haven't watched it since then. And as we have already established earlier in this episode, I'm pushing 50. So remembering things from when I was a kid is increasingly challenging to me, but yeah, it's a, it's a series and Bryce Dallas Howard is going to be starring in it. Now in the series or in the originals, it's, it's kids who are the real subjects of the story. So presumably, unless they're doing something where Bryce Dallas Howard is playing a character who was a kid in these other versions of the story who has now grown up, she will be uh, not one of the little alien kids running around. But yeah. um, Interesting that they went with this because it's a title where I guess for certain people, there's definitely some nostalgia there. Like they've heard of it or they've seen it and they have an attachment to it. But it's not one of Disney's best known properties. So it, it was a little surprising to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it gives them more freedom to play with it, I think. Um, other news is that Strange Worlds is coming to Disney Plus this month. I am, I am sad that it is coming to Disney Plus so quickly, although I know I am part of the problem because I never ended up seeing it in the movie theater. And I guess a lot of people didn't.
1: Yeah, I also did not see that. I, I didn't know that it was a movie until I, it was because I went to go see the menu, which everyone mm-hmm. remembers from a previous episode I absolutely loved. And as we were leaving the theater, I look over and I see the poster for it. And I it was the first I had ever seen anything about that movie. I didn't know it was a film until I saw the poster as I was I, walking out of the theater. I
0: s- could have sworn that you and I chatted about it on LNC, Jonathan.
1: Yeah, but I don't listen to you.
0: Fair. I just wait till you
1: stop talking um, so I can talk.
0: Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> th- I mean, I get it. I do the same thing to you. I don't even know what you just <laughs> said. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, if you didn't watch Strange Worlds, you can watch it now. Um, that's I, I would have more to say, but I haven't watched it yet. Again, part of the problem. And I hate it because it looked like it had such amazing world building as a part of it. So
1: I've heard good things. It's one of those where everything I've heard, it's like it's a shame this didn't get better marketing behind it. It almost from most people I've heard from say it feels like Disney just didn't know how to market this movie and it suffered as a result. Uh, But like I've seen like there's been several Disney films that. I've found really entertaining recently that I just didn't think had been marketed super well, like Encanto, I think succeeded despite marketing, right? Like there was yeah. some good trailers, but that was about it. It wasn't until we don't talk about Bruno ended up taking off like crazy on social media. Then that's when you know, Disney ended up getting like this big boost because their own fans were promoting the film more than the company was.
0: Yeah. It, that Encanto in, in was one of those ones where I was like, I thought this was a straight to D plus, uh, Disney plus release, but it wasn't. Um, but it was good. Uh,
1: <laughs> this fantastic.
0: It, it was fantastic. Um, but you know, every every streaming service is trying to figure stuff out right now, you know, and, and box office stuff trying to figure stuff out. Uh, HBO Max is doing some more figuring out uh, I put air quotes around that for people who can't see through their podcast service.
1: Yeah, uh, so for example, we knew that Westworld wasn't getting another season. We knew that it was canceled. Uh, but then it would also got removed from max entirely uh, as have other original series on the, the streaming service. So several series that were made specifically by HBO for HBO max, or were being carried on HBO max are no longer available there. And the word is that Warner brothers discovery is working to get those uh, licensed to third parties, like some other streaming service, some other channel where they will
0: free supported by ads or ads supported. Yeah. Yeah. Free, free streaming services that do ads is is what they're looking at.
1: So, yeah. So so it'll be weird because these things that have been associated with HBO, which, you know, HBO for the last 30 years has really kind of established itself as, uh, as sort of this premier, production company for really high quality series and to see them kind of get shuffled off to other places. Now um, it's kind of a a real shock to the system. But again, this is part of Zaslav's approach to cutting billions of dollars of debt from the merged Warner brothers discovery. I really wonder what the heck is going to be left when all of that cutting is done
0: yeah it, well at least with this you will still be this and i think sesame street i read but i can't confirm uh the uh the nerdist article says that sesame street also got dropped from HBO max you'll still be able to watch it elsewhere you just might have to watch ads with it mm-hmm. so like crackle and voodoo and stuff like that um but you know when that happened when they took Westworld off and they took it off so fast because i hadn't seen the final season yet again part of the problem uh even though i think like it was time for that series to end i, I feel like they were done um it's at least better than like I've, I've completely lost my train of thought, but it's at least better than like the Batgirl movie where you just can't access it anymore. You know?
1: Yeah. Or you never get a chance to see it at all. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's yeah. It's tough. I mean, for the people who work on those series, I'm sure it's extremely tough. Like uh, the things that we've read have all been very diplomatic. Like everyone seems to be very understanding, Uh, which is better than what I would manage. If I had been in their position, I would be having hissy fit after hissy fit.
0: Listen, if uh, I agree, if they take watchmen off, I better have another way to view it. That's all I'm saying. Um, And they better not take watchmen off watchmen and doom patrol. They just need to keep They just.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We already know we're not getting more watchmen. So at least keep the ones that are on there there. Uh, We also are apparently, or at least there's the possibility That we're going to get another spinoff of Game of Thrones. Obviously, we've got House of Dragons, which is a prequel series. But now there's the possibility of another spinoff series of one for that would be centered on one of the characters from the Game of Thrones series. And uh, that should pretty much narrow it down who it could possibly be about, because I don't know if you all know this, but by the end of that series, there weren't a whole lot of characters left.
0: But you know it's not about Bran who is now uh, on the iron throne it's it's about Jon Snow the saddest character of all the characters who apparently yeah. will just continue to be sad
1: right cuz at the end of spoiler alerts for anyone who's not watched or read i guess watched game of thrones cuz it's not like George R.R. R Martin has written the other books yet um or at least not published them The uh, character of Jon Snow ends up being sent back to the wall. And you're like, come on, come on. This guy like grew up thinking he was someone did not realize that his whole life was based on a an actual deception. Then ends up having to kill the woman he loves then is punished for that. Despite the fact that he had to do it or else she was going to destroy everything. He gets punished for that and sent back to the wall where he had spent ages of time trying to fight off, uh, white walkers. Like, are you kidding me? Now this, this series, if it's, but that's, if it does that was happen, his second love, his
0: first love also dies. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. He, he loses the love of his life twice.
0: <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I don't know I, if it, unless it's like a really I won't I I don't think I want to watch it, but I do kind of hope it's just like almost like ASMR television of just this sad boy in a fur coat, uh, kicking snow, <laughs> kicking an endless uh,
1: maybe Edgar Allan Poe is there in the corner, too.
0: Yes, yes, it's the it's sad, sad boy sad club boy in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> sad boy in um, the corner club.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, like they killed the white king, right? They killed the 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 head of the white walkers. So presumably those aren't going to be a problem anymore. Although I guess there could be like
0: a resurgence. I mean, I think that like things, things always come back.
1: Maybe the giants will invade. Maybe,
0: but that seems like that's less of like a, a, the white walkers were like a very definite bad guy. I can't say that the giants are definite bad guys. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I didn't watch enough. Yeah. Game of Thrones.
1: Same, same. So I'm sure it'll do well because Kit Harrington's dreamy. Um, well, but you know,
0: yeah, you know, I guess he is. He, he kind of is, um, but he really just should cast his cares away.
1: For another day.
0: Save his worries for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why are you Uh, quoting
1: the Fraggle Rock theme?
0: Because we're getting a second season of it for Apple TV. Um, Also, random side fact. There is a woman who used to run a photo scavenger hunt who has a family member who won a daytime Emmy for it. And I used to be a part of that scavenger hunt. So cool, like three degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever.
1: Won a daytime Emmy for running a scavenger hunt. That's weird.
0: No, no. Family won a daytime Emmy for working on Fraggle Rock.
1: Oh, okay. See, the way you told that story, it sounded like the daytime Emmy was because of a scavenger hunt. That's why I was confused.
0: Why why can't you just follow my random brain logic, Jonathan?
1: (laughs) Because I'm a dumb man.
0: No, you're not. I'm like, that was 12, 12 points of data with no uh, connective tissue that I just threw at you. It's totally my fault. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, Fraggle Rock, unfortunately, is another one of those ones that's on Apple TV, but I desperately want to watch it. My friend has Apple TV and she has watched it. And I'm a little bit mad that I wasn't invited over to watch it with her. I'm not actually mad. Um, so she listens to this. I'm not mad at you. Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I was a huge fan of Fraggle Rock. When it was on it was on HBO way back in the day, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I loved the original run of Fraggle Rock. That was back when Jim Henson was still alive, and um, he voiced one of the a couple of the characters. Um, I although they were like recurring guest characters, he wasn't like playing one of the the regulars throughout the series. But I really enjoyed it. I remember distinctly. An episode of Fraggle Rock where Red and I want to say, um, which one's the grumpy one? Gobo. It's not Boober. No, is not Gobo. Gobo. He, no, Gobo's Gobo's the leader. It's the the green one with the hat, like the flat cap hat, who's all kind of like down in the dumps all the time. I can't remember his name, and I'm sure listeners are screaming right now because I because I can hear me type escape me.
0: His name is Boober. No, wait, Wembley, Wembley, Wembley,
1: Wembley. Yeah, Boober was the yellow one, right? So Buber,
0: yeah. no, Boober is green. With OK, no, Boober is the right
1: one. Then Boober is the one okay. the one I was thinking of. Wembley is the, the goofy yellow one and Boober was the green one. So, yes, um, Red and Boober, I want to say, are trapped in a cave in in one episode. And they both are convinced they're going to die. And they have this very sad song they sing to each other before they're rescued. Mm-hmm. And that. Damaged me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fraggle Rock did a lot of things and a lot of good things. Um, and this new season of Fraggle Rock is really going to focus on the Doozers and the Fraggles, and then the the ogres, Gozers, the 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 Go <laughs> Gozers. That's a that isn't that a isn't that a, a, a Ghostbusters? Um, Ghostbusters villain. No, the. The the ogre things. <laughs> <What> are, <laughs> they're gorgs. Gorgs. The the, what? Yes. The gorgs. gorgs. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I know this. I I'm very tired.
1: Um We both so we both struggled in this one, so it's okay.
0: We're get, they're gonna have to it's because I don't have Apple TV to remind myself. Um, they're all Same. gonna have to work together and learn how to like work together, even though they live in this already like functioning ecosystem. You know, I guess they're gonna have to learn to be friends or something.
1: Yeah, because like the the show demonstrates like from the beginning that these these characters that have are these races or species that have very different relationships with one another uh, are interdependent upon each other, although they don't necessarily realize that themselves. Right, because the gorgs grow the I think it's radishes and then Mm -hmm. the uh, fraggles like the radishes, but the doozers build They make building materials out of the radishes, which the fraggles also like to eat. And without one of these different components, you start to have issues with uh, the whole ecosystem. So, yeah, I think this is just going to bring that into a sharper relief. So it's less subtext and more text.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Speaking of issues with ecosystems, we're getting a new sci-fi film that's all about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's called 65, which makes you wonder how you missed the first 64 movies.
0: And it's about Adam Driver getting old.
1: Yeah, it's actually about Adam Driver. Uh, he plays himself and uh, <laughs> he's for some reason tra- picked to pilot a spaceship. No, he's playing a, um, a, a crew member on this starship that is traveling through space Got a cargo of folks in stasis, which is, you know, pretty standard sci-fi fare. Like this is, this is, Mm -hmm. you're you're hearing this and you're like, I've seen this movie lots of times. Uh, But in this case, the, the ship passes through an asteroid belt that it did not have on its charts, gets damaged. Adam Driver has to try and crash land it on a planet. Of course, there's only one survivor from the, the cargo of all the people in stasis. Yeah. Yeah. As far as he knows anyway. And, um, they find out that they are on a planet with dinosaurs. And it turns out it's earth. It's earth 65 million years ago, whether or not they came from earth and somehow went into the past, or these are aliens who landed on earth and they just happened to look very human. We don't know, but yeah, it's a uh, it, space and science fiction and dinosaurs.
0: It feels like it should be a Sharknado level movie, but they are very much taking it seriously.
1: Yeah, I watched this and I was like, man, I don't know how I feel about the, because like you were saying it, it like the, it, when you give the synopsis of the plot, it does kind of sound like a super schlocky science fiction film. Adam driver clearly elevates it because the guy has been in some, you know, pretty noteworthy, dramatic films Mm -hmm. in the last few years. If you just, you know, close your eyes and forget about the Star Wars sequels, he's been in some really good stuff.
0: He was fine with what he was given in those. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, you know, I'm going to have to wait to see a second trailer. I don't know what they could put in a second trailer that they didn't put in this first one, but... uh... I, I don't know if it's gonna drive me to the movie theaters for this one. I'll probably watch it when it's on TV.
1: Yeah. Uh it's, got, I feel it's gotta way, be better Ariel. than
0: Velocipastor.
1: <laughs> Velocipastor is one of the best movies ever made, and I will not hear you <laughs> badmouth Velocipaster. Um it's, uh, Yeah, it's a yeah, I agree though. I watched this trailer and it I actually didn't think it was particularly interesting or enticing. Like I didn't I didn't think, oh, this is something I want to see, which is kind of sad because, I mean, I could tell that a lot of work went into the film. It just didn't appeal to me. But then maybe the next trailer that comes out will hook me because that sometimes does happen.
0: Yeah, Um, I know one teaser trailer that did hook you, even though there's actually very little about plot or anything in it, is the trailer for the Barbie film. The trailer that I've heard so many people say I was not at all interested in this movie and then I watched the teaser.
1: Yeah, see, I was already interested in this movie because I suspect, well, yes. First of all, it's Margot Robbie and uh, uh, I love her and she Mm -hmm. is beautiful and flawless and amazing and very, very charming to watch on talk shows. Yeah, Uh, but but also like everything I was hearing made it sound like this was going to be maybe a, a bit sardonic, maybe a bit satirical, probably not, not like like heavy handed satirical because it's still a Barbie movie. You feel that, you know, Mattel would be really protective of their, their IP, but it felt like things were going to be a little like, maybe I'm thinking like, like the themes of things like spice girls or, um, mm-hmm. Or Josie and the Pussycats, you know, kind of have that sort of tongue in cheek, kind of self-aware sort of feel to it. This teaser, uh, the majority of the teaser is a total parody of 2001, A Space Odyssey. And that blows my mind because... Anyone who's of a Barbie age will have no idea what this is referencing because they have not watched Stanley Kubrick's 2001. Anyone who has seen 2001 is not likely seeking out the Barbie teaser.
0: I mean, it's so it's obviously not necessarily a kids, just a kids movie. Right. Right. Um, And I know a lot of adults who still collect Barbies and a lot of adults who have a very fond remembrance of Barbie because yes, even though she was created with like actually physical, like physically not attainable, uh, body proportions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was a really cool doll. She was, as the teaser says, you know, different for her time and held a lot of cool jobs and not every Barbie was a, a, a win. Some were very big misses, but, um, you know, it, it's definitely a subject matter that can span through, through adults. Uh, I had some friends say it felt very Kubrick esque.
1: Well, I mean, they were
0: 2001 space, honestly, but it
1: was, it was like uh, almost shot for shot of a parody of, of the famous ape sequence in 2001. Yeah.
0: Briefly forgot that he was the director.
1: (laughs) So I, I thought, I thought the teaser was very, very funny. Like it was a very clever, funny thing. It shows you almost nothing of what the movie is actually going to be, which is totally fine because this is either something you're going to be sold on or you're not. Uh, Another movie I would kind of compare this to uh, based upon the feeling I get is the Brady Bunch movie. Like, Hmm. because that was clearly a very self-aware, self-referential, self-parodying kind of movie. I feel like this is going to be the same. And, you know, it was one of those things where when I first heard there was going to be a Barbie live action film, I didn't have any interest in it whatsoever. But the more I've heard about, the more I'm like, this could be kind of like the Lego movie. It could be a fun, semi subversive kind of comedy. I'm not expecting anything like truly groundbreaking or um, wild or crazy, But it could be fun. Same way that the that Barbie has been treated in like the Toy Story movies. That kind of fun, quirky way.
0: I am. I hope it's a little bit better edited than the Lego movie. I felt like the Lego movie was too long. It had a little it was could have been tightened up a bit.
1: Um, I can't disagree with you. I I feel like I feel like it was a little too pleased with itself. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, also, I never, ever, ever need to hear everything is awesome ever again. <laughs>
0: that,
1: like, no. Okay. Not even that version. Um, <laughs> that however, brings us up to the conclusion of this week's episode of large nerdron collider. Our apologies that it kind of spans a couple of weeks we will not be doing another one until well, maybe we'll squeeze one in before New Year's, but mm-hmm. we're not sure yet. It'll depend upon schedules and stuff. Yeah. Um, but chances are, if, if obviously if we don't do that, then we'll be doing one fairly early on next year, 2023. Yes. Hard to believe.
0: Yeah. 2022, um, you sneeze and it's gone.
1: Yeah. Well, also it lasted an eternity we don't know how both of those things can be true at the same time but somehow they are yes and uh we're also you know 2023 is gonna be a big year like for one thing i think marvel's got 17 movies coming out so (laughs) we'll have plenty to talk about
0: yeah yeah and we look forward to talking about it with you um you know if you want to reach out to us and and you know Tell us about your cool fun geeky holiday stuff, you can do so. You on Twitter as long as it's around. We're gonna always put that preface with that. Uh, it's LNC underscore podcast. And on Instagram and Facebook, we are Large Nerdron Collider. Um, we are also on Discord as Large Nerdron Collider. Uh it's a couple people on there. Um, but it's pretty quiet. So uh yeah.
1: Yeah. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, be sure to leave us a nice positive review. Uh, If you didn't enjoy the episode, keep your dirty mouth shut. Uh, But yeah, I'm just saying if they didn't like it, you know, no, you're just you're
0: I mean, I guess you're channeling the holiday spirit. You kind of sound like Die Hard or Home Alone or something. I don't know
1: okay first of all die hard's not a christmas movie but i think we've had that conversation before yes okay i just
0: gonna pick on you the,
1: back on track no seriously we love you guys if you ha- would love to, to to show us some support obviously a review is great telling a friend is great you know we're, we're not doing patreon or any of that kind of stuff we just do this because we love it and so if uh if you get other folks to listen in and join the the crowd and give us suggestions and stuff uh we look forward to it also be sure to send us any suggestions you have for mashups you would like us to write in the future again we didn't mm-hmm. do one for this week but because we just had way too much news to cover uh but we do love doing those when we are able to
0: Mm -hmm. and until next time I'm Ariel
1: bring me some figgy pudding Kasten and I am Jonathan and bring it right now Strickland The Large Nerdron Collider was created by Ariel Kasten and produced edited published deleted undeleted published again cursed at by Jonathan Strickland Music by Kevin McLeod of Encomptech.com.